0: Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone.
2: From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that
3: moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board.
2: This is Uncanny USA.
4: He says, somebody's
0: in the house, and I screamed. (laughs)
2: Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote.
5: Thanks for listening to the Doug Gottlieb Show podcast. Be sure to catch us live every weekday, 3 to 6 Eastern, 12 to 3 Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio. Find your local station for the Doug Gottlieb Show at foxsportsradio.com. Or stream us live every day on the iHeartRadio app by searching FSR. Now let's get this party started. You're
6: listening to Fox Sports Radio.
3: Double dose of NBA playoff action tonight. We could see the Wizards season come to an end. Sixers in D.C. to take on Washington in about two hours. And then should be a good one in Memphis. Jazz and Grizzlies going at it again. We've been talking a lot of hoops. Going to talk some NFL. We'll discuss Julio Jones' situation with the Falcons and how long he could be a Falcon. That coming up at the bottom of the hour. Also... Major League Baseball, very busy on this Memorial Day. Games going on here, there, and everywhere. Our good buddy John Morosi, Fox Sports Radio MLB contributor, also the MLB Network, will be joining us. That again in about 20 minutes or so. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me, Dan Beyer, on Twitter at Dan Beyer on Fox. It is Memorial Day weekend. Please be safe if you're traveling. Please be safe if you're still enjoying the weekend. And also please take time out just to remember those that gave the ultimate sacrifice that we lost and also keep their families in our thoughts as well on this Memorial Day. Tomorrow, first day of June, Aaron. So uh, the unofficial start of summer is usually uh, this weekend. You're a Northeast guy now living in Southern California. Do you end up missing the summers in the northeast at all now that you're out here in southern california and almost every day feels like summer
7: i don't want to be insensitive to anybody else's opinion on stuff but the whole seasons thing is the dumbest thing i've ever heard of my- <laughs> no no i'm cool i'm just gonna go it's 78 degrees uh on february 9th I- i'm and sunny i'm good have fun enjoy your uh crispy brown you know leaves or whatever you know that you love so much the the changing of the leaves that's so incredible I just love when it's 78 and sunny. I'll say this: I always say it. To me, the um, the, just it's not so much the heat, the warmth, but when the sun's out every day, man, it gets you fired up to get up and do stuff in a way that sometimes when it's cloudy and rainy. And I, uh, I don't know exactly how Wisconsin is, but it is cloudy and rainy an awful lot. In Connecticut, uh, it's not nearly, uh, you know, it's not nearly as motivating.
3: Uh, I'll just say this: I know that it got below freezing within the last week or so. On one of the nights, which is 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 not normal, but in, in my hometown, that's where it was. And my mom told me that she went to a family outing where some family members were getting together yesterday, and uh, they lit the fireplace. So, really, while, while maybe yeah, well, maybe <laughs> seventy degrees today. Apparently, it was a bit cooler uh, that had the family members deciding that a fire, you know, fireplace needed to be lit uh, yesterday. Hopefully that's not a sign of of what could be a bad summer. I am the exact opposite of you. I miss the changing of the seasons. I miss the leaves. You know what I miss most? And and there's there's something about the fall and football season that that really gets me in that in that feel and it's The first couple of weeks of September where I'm from, and I'm not sure if it's the case uh, where you're from in the Northeast, Aaron. But there are hot days there. Like, I remember wearing shorts to school, you know, on September 10th. You're still getting some of that summer weather. But, you know, there's a turn in late September where you kind of, you know, make your turn towards fall and then towards the winter. But there's also the 40-degree day in late February, early March, where it hasn't been above 40 since like mid-November, yes. where the snow is melting and it's a mess, but it just feels because it's 30 degrees warmer than it's been that you go out and play basketball in shorts even though it's 42 degrees. Yes. That's the stuff that I miss sure. about about the Midwest weather or the uh, Northeast weather that – that we all love.
7: I will say that is a very real thing for people who have not lived in those corners of the country where, yeah, you wake up and it's 42 and, and you, it, yeah, it, you, you described it perfectly. I don't need to, to go further. It's just, I just know that exact moment that you're talking about. And it is always amazing, of course, uh, the idea that uh, now once you get spoiled by the weather and this is a real thing as well, uh, you know, 58 degrees on February 11th in, uh, in Wisconsin feels amazing and uh it it's it's cataclysmic in in Los Angeles. Yeah, so. that's
3: true. And 58 degrees uh in I'll just say that in 48 degrees in February is different than 48 degrees in mid October. Very true. That's also because very true. Yeah because you're you're going in the opposite direction. You're not heading towards winter, you're leaving winter. So there's some there's some optimism there. I'm not sure on how much people are optimistic in Wisconsin that Aaron Rodgers is going to be a Green Bay Packer quarterback uh, in week 1 of the season. There seems to be a a continued huge disconnect between Rodgers and the team. Even as much as Austin Gale of Pro Football Focus who joined us earlier in the program says not only does he not see Rodgers playing football for Green Bay this fall, he doesn't see Rodgers playing football, period. Yep. And that Green Bay wouldn't budge in their stance. And I, I've thought about this position. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is right. I don't think that Aaron Rodgers is justified in the angst that he has. I don't think that he's handled the situation with, uh, with great uh, tact, if you will. I will say this, though. If you're the Green Bay Packers, I think it's time you trade Aaron Rodgers. Interesting. And the reason that I say that is this. In just looking at the whole picture, looking at where you are, you run the risk of what Austin Gale set up is that Aaron Rodgers may not play football again may choose to not play football. And by what he's done in the offseason in jeopardy and going to Hawaii and and, and doing all the fun things that he's done, not that players don't vacation during the time, but I think he's made a conscious effort of showing all the things that he has done that, hey, life after football is there for Aaron Rodgers. So for Green Bay to run the risk of Aaron Rodgers being willing to walk away I think they, tr- they, they need to trade him, and it wouldn't be the worst thing in the world. And the reason that I say that is this. And I know people look at Green Bay and say, man, without Aaron Rodgers, they're nothing. They're, they're not an NFC championship team like they were if they don't have Aaron Rodgers. I will give you that. But I will also say this. Aaron Rodgers is going to be 37 years old in the 2021 NFL season. There are five quarterbacks who have gone on and won Super Bowls older than Aaron Rodgers uh, will be at that point. Tom Brady we obviously know about, but Peyton Manning was one of them. Peyton Manning didn't necessarily win a Super Bowl at the top of his game. Did the two seasons prior when he was uh, 37 years old, which is the age that Rodgers would be. So you there's it's been done before where you've had great years, but realistically if you're the Green Bay Packers – Aaron Rodgers' value is never going to be any higher than it is right now. Coming off of an MVP season for a team that would want him, whether it be Denver, whether it be the Raiders, whether whoever, you could the, the most that you could get for Aaron Rodgers is right now. And to avoid running the risk of just letting him walk away, be the one to be proactive. It's not giving in to him. It's not saying Aaron Rodgers runs our front office. It's doing what's best for your franchise. And if he's not going to be there and you don't get anything in return for it, you're not doing what's best for your franchise. What you did what was best for your franchise was you felt you needed to draft Jordan Love. You needed to draft A.J. Dillon. You needed to not draft wide receivers. That's their vision. So if you're going to stand in line and stay in line and toe that line, like Brian Gutekunst and the Packers front office is, of what's doing best for the Packers, the best thing for them would be to trade Aaron Rodgers because his value right now is never going to be any higher than it is coming off of an MVP season.
7: So I, I agree in part of what you're saying. I, I do agree his value is never going to be higher. I do agree that his window uh, to be a Super Bowl winning quarterback where where he is playing at an MVP level is smaller uh, is probably smaller than we give it credit for. But that Super Bowl window is still open. And so to me, I still lean more on the you got to figure out a guy to, a way to make this guy happy. And, and I'll just say this really quickly. And I know it's it's kind of a little bit of a bizarre parallel, but a year ago. We all watched The Last Dance. And Michael, you know, Michael Jordan was kind of at that same age where, you know, three straight finals runs, um, you know, can he really do it again? This guy's getting older, that guy's getting older. Well, guess what? We all came out of that documentary saying that Jerry Reinsdorf and Jerry Krause were wrong. And if Aaron Rodgers does continue, if he does have success somewhere else, or beyond that, if the Packers never find any equivalent to Aaron Rodgers, and it is Really hard to find good quarterbacks in this league. Ask a team like the Jets, like the Panthers, what they've gone through the last two, three, four years uh, coming out of the Cam Newton era. I just, I, I still think you got to find, there's, there's just not that many guys that can do what he do, assuming that you think he can still do it for more than a year or two.
3: there, There isn't, there isn't. And, and and, by the way, I gave Aaron Rodgers a year. He's 37 right now. He turns 38 in December. Even more reason why I think they, they should do it. For everything that you said, I understand that ask the other teams what life is like. The unfortunate reality for Green Bay is that they may have to experience that scenario without even making the decisions for themselves. Don't leave it in Aaron Rodgers' court to say, "All right, Aaron Rodgers, uh you decide if you want to come back or not." It it's that's where that's where I, if you believe what what you are doing and what you have done. And I and I I find it I find it so interesting that people are just, you know, they're, they're so critical about Aaron Rodgers not knowing what the Packers were doing with the draft pick when there's no guarantee that Jordan Love would even be the heir apparent. And, and, and I, I just, I don't, I understand, like, you know, the Vikings told Kirk Cousins that they were going to take Kellen Mond at that time. I don't know if they called him and said, hey, we're going to take Justin Fields, you know, or try to trade up and take Justin Fields. I just don't know what the Packers actually owe Aaron Rodgers. If if, if he's still holding on to that grudge, I, I you know to me that's an Aaron Rodgers problem. And this isn't going to be the only problem that they'd have to deal with if, if, if he comes back. If Aaron Rodgers doesn't like something that's going on, guess what? Aaron Rodgers is going to speak out and say, I don't like this and I don't like that. It may not end up being in wins or losses. But to think that Aaron Rodgers is going to come back and lead the team to a Super Bowl or lead them to another NFC Championship game after all of this, I I think that's like the least likely option. Maybe the most likely option is him ending up just not wanting to play from what Austin Gale told us earlier and is a sentiment that I hear more and more. I just think if you're Green Bay, Maybe you don't run the risk of that happening. Maybe you get your boatload of first-round picks and end up looking out for the franchise and say, hey, you know what? Aaron Rodgers put us in a place that we had to make this decision. Put it on Aaron Rodgers' shoulder. Just like, just kind of like what they did with Brett Favre and Brett Favre you know, being like, all right, we need to give Aaron Rodgers these reps. Favre's going to retire. Favre ends up coming back. To kind of, hey, we kind of moved on. The Packers have to do what's best for the Packers. And right now I think that move is trading Aaron Rodgers and getting what you can for him before he leaves you high and dry and empty with no draft picks or compensation.
7: It's just, it's a totally different deal. Uh, You know, it's just, it's so unique. And again, I think the biggest question that nobody has the answer to is, is there anything that you can do? to fix the relationship with Aaron Rodgers. I mean, obviously we know about the relationship with the GM and all that kind of stuff, but it's clear they're not going to be firing anybody. Uh, but what can you do? What And maybe we're just at the point where we are at a point of no return. I would still push back a little bit on on the window being closed or the opportunity, uh, you know, the least likely thing to happen is for them to be in contention again next year. I think part of it is the town on that roster. I think part of it is the division that they play in. So I understand the sentiment. And I'm not even saying that it's the wrong sentiment. I'm just saying that, you know, I just, you got to well, figure out. Go ahead. Go ahead.
3: And no, no, I I, I was, and, and not to interrupt, I still think like the Patriots weren't wrong in moving on from Tom Brady. Even though Brady goes and wins a Super Bowl with the Buccaneers, I don't know if the Patriots would have won a Super Bowl if Tom Brady was there last year. I don't think that they would have, not with their opt-outs and not with their situation as it is. So you figure out a way to move ahead. If Bill Belichick wins three Super Bowls with Mac Jones as his quarterback, was it the right move and moving on from Tom Brady? Yeah, probably. You know, So, so the one or two seasons that Green Bay may not get of success without Aaron Rodgers, and if he goes to Denver and wins the Super Bowl, it's the same thing with the Tom Brady situation. It's just that Green Bay's got to look out for themselves, and maybe, you know what, in the long run, It will come together. The problem is, is I just don't think that they can run the risk of being left high and dry with nothing to show for it. So if Aaron Rodgers isn't going to look out for the Packers, then the Packers have to look out for themselves. And that's why I think ending up trading him and making that move is really the best thing, because if he wants to do Jeopardy, if he wants to do all those other things, and it ends up leaving Green Bay high and dry. The Packers are going to be in a much worse situation, all because they seemingly uh, were trying to, I guess, cater to, to Aaron Rodgers. I think they put themselves in a just a really, really dangerous spot. And if you can get the value for what he is, Coming off of an MVP season, you can still get quite a haul in draft picks and resetting your franchise.
7: Well, that part is uh, a thousand percent correct in terms of uh, you know it will position you. It will position you nicely. You still gotta uh, take advantage of all those draft picks and use them appropriately. Sure. But I'll say this: it doesn't seem like either side is really backing down. So I, you know, it's gonna get uh, very interesting here, especially as we hit June one, as the 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 cap stuff kind of changes a little bit. It's gonna be fascinating to watch.
3: I'll, I'll. I know we gotta take a timeout, but I. We'll ask you this. If they cave to Aaron Rodgers, give him his contract the way that they want to be, do you think everything would be all good in Green Bay between Rodgers and the Packers.
7: And that is the other variable that cannot be answered because you brought up a great point earlier, which is this is not his first time. We had the Mike McCarthy situation. We yeah. had this situation, his parents, the the point that Austin brought up earlier in the show as our guest. So it's not as though uh, you smooth this one out, everything's going to be hunky-dory going forward. Uh, so it's a great point by you.
3: Yeah, I, I, I think that I think there would be something else that would pop up that then you have to deal with again. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Byer on Fox. Is baseball going back in time with a big, big problem on their hands or their wrist or their cap lid or their wristband? Doctoring baseballs is back. Kind of. We'll talk about it next year on Fox.
0: With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex.
5: Did you ever play the over-under game with your friends? You know, think I can eat a slice of pizza in under 30 seconds, or I know it'll take you over a minute to down that two liter. If you have, then you're going to love pick six 50 in pick six credits that's code doug only on draftkings pick six the crown is yours
3: Doug Gottlieb show here on Fox Sports Radio. I'm Dan Byer. He's Aaron Torres. As we sit in for Doug today, glad to have you with us on this Memorial Day. If you're traveling, please be uh, safe. I'm sure, the roads are busy. Everything's been busy this Memorial Day. Have you noticed that at all this this weekend? Uh, you talked about arenas being full. Aaron, people out and about taking full advantage of of relaxed restrictions and trying to get back to uh, trying to get back to some normal life.
7: There's no doubt about it. It's great to see. I'm glad even people that three, four, five months ago weren't comfortable doing a lot of stuff. I see them on social media, uh, you know, out, family, friends. So I'm very happy to see it.
3: The uh, I'm very happy to see the Brewers just top the Tigers in 10 innings. Perfect segue as we welcome in our good buddy from the MLB Network at Fox Sports Radio MLB contributor, John Morosi joins the program on this Memorial Day. Hello, John. How are you?
1: Dan, Aaron, I'm doing great. Uh, Very best wishes to you and your families. And, yes, Dan, congratulations to your home state on that uh, (laughs) Brewers-Tigers tilt that you just mentioned.
3: Well, let's get right to it. Are Burns and Woodruff the next uh, Koufax and Drysdale? I think that's (laughs) the question everybody wants to know.
1: They may well be. Now, I will say this, uh, Dan, in all fairness, I, I do not see a a lineup tandem in Milwaukee currently that would put them on the same wavelength as Molder and Yount. I must say that. <laughs> uh, and so they're still working their way up to that status. But I think on the mound, if you go one, two, three, and if you add Freddie Peralta to that conversation and you add in their bullpen with Hayter, that is going to be a tough team to deal with going forward. Now, I, I think you, you look at overall one through 26 depth, The Cubs have actually been the best team in that division of recent weeks and and at the moment are actually tied for first place with the Cardinals. So the NL Central certainly near and dear to our hearts. Love the Brewers pitching, but I need to see more offense. Uh, When you consider their run differential on the year is still negative, I need to see more production, Dan, offensively before I put them in the same class uh, as the Cardinals or Cubs to actually win that division.
3: Yount and Molly could hit better than the Brewers do right now if they were playing. That that is that Your is word's true. not mine,
1: my friend. Your
3: word's the- not mine. <laughs> my apologies, by the way, to the other great duos of uh Johnson Schilling, maybe a uh, Maddox Glavin, if you will. But uh I have to pay off the tease and and I, I just wanted to start with the Brewers joke, but uh, doctoring baseballs like this is it, it, is this back are we back into the late 80s again is this now a, a, a real thing that we should be concerned about in major league baseball
1: well then here's where i come down on this to me it is not a a simple or narrow issue it is a broad issue and, and i really think that mike schilt who is who is a young old school baseball guy uh, put it very eloquently in the last week or so when it came to Joe West and Gio Gallegos about when the time and place is to make a stand on this issue. And Mike Schilt's point is that it is broad. The issue is pervasive and prevalent around baseball. But the question is now, what do you do about it? What is a fair punishment to something that is that is quite literally, against the rules. Do you change the rules? Do you change the enforcement of the rules? Baseball right now is discerning what the proper path forward is. They're, they're collecting information uh, via the baseballs, via other means, about how prevalent this issue is and precisely what kind of advantage is being granted. I think that if you had an anonymous Major League Baseball Offensive player on the show right now, that person would say to us, some small bit of grip is okay insofar as it helps this pitcher in Arizona or Colorado with the thin air get a better grip on the ball and not hit me in the head with a 98-mile-an-hour ball. They're okay with that. But they are not okay with tremendous amounts of substance on the ball that allows for what seems to be a a very disingenuous amount of spin rate. Now, what is a fair amount of spin rate? What is a fair amount? Is it a dollop? A dollop and a half? How how does one measure a dollop of substance, whatever it is? Bullfrog sunscreen, rosin, pine tar, who knows. It, it is a very very complicated nuanced question. And the best we can say right now is that baseball is gathering the information that they need on it, which, which by the way, is what I think they should be doing. Don't, don't address the problem before you know what it is. Evaluate the problem. I don't describe this as an emergency, but it is one of many issues that exist in the game right now that is probably being amplified because of the larger conversation around, oh, my gosh, how do we get more balls into play How do we reduce strikeouts? How do we make the game look like the version of it that we fell in love with? As you can tell, it's an issue that I'm passionate about, but one that has many different variables wrapped up in it, and uh, it's hard to unravel it here on this Memorial Day.
7: Well, JP, let's get to uh, something uh, I I think you'll probably enjoy talking about a little bit more, and I ask you this every time. But Shohei Otani, like – What can MLB do to get this guy more out to the public? Because I know that the the pitching's dropped off a little bit here over the last couple weeks, uh, but he's an incredible player, an incredible talent, doing something that I don't think any of us have ever seen in our lifetimes. I know the Angels aren't great. I get all that. But it feels like this guy should be bigger and more
1: appreciated than he is. Well, it's a fair question. I think that on some level, it, it really fits with the larger conversation about Mike Trout's for the same franchise, how do you make the game as as marketed as you possibly can uh, to a a broader audience? To me, if you're a baseball fan, if you are a fan of the game, broadly speaking, you are, by definition, a fan of Shohei Ohtani because he is doing something to honor the game, change the way that we look at it in a fashion that simply no one since the Bambino himself has done think about that sentence. We're in, in, in 2021, and I'm talking about someone who is achieving hitting and pitching on a level not seen since Babe Ruth himself. And go ahead and, and put in the, the Sandlot drop right here. The Colossus of Clout, the King of Crash, all those, those lives from the Sandlot about Babe Ruth. I mean, this is a mythical thing that Otani is doing. And, and so I am excited about it, what he's doing. How do we find ways to to get a a your your quote unquote average American sports fan more engaged with Otani, I, I think that you could drop any number of names in that same sentence. More engaged with Tatis, more engaged with Trout when he's healthy, more engaged with Arenado uh, in, in St. Louis. I, I think that the the networks are doing a very good job. I know this that there was a deliberate effort made last week to get one of his starts on on television nationally, but of course there was the issue with him getting scratched from the start because of the, trans, the transportation issue uh, in the Bay Area. So that, that I think, speaks to the, the dilemma of, of this particular sport, is that unless it's Otani who's pitching and hitting, if you were tuning in to watch Mike Trout at-bats when he's healthy, it's only going to add up to a grand total of 10 to 12 minutes of, of a game, whereas if you're going to watch LeBron... You know that when you turn on the TV, you're going to be able to watch LeBron when the Lakers are playing. It's, just, it's a fundamentally different part of the game. Baseball's trying, but there are a lot of barriers logistically that exist, Aaron, and and I think that some of those barriers are are not really pliable at all.
3: John Morosi joining us here on Fox Sports Radio on the Doug Gottlieb Show talking MLB. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Beyer. I, I, I know it's a tough situation to talk about, but the Marcelo Zuna situation with the Braves – his arrest on uh, domestic violence charges. Braves had a tough start to the season, getting back towards 500 now. I, I, I don't see Ozuna back with the team this season, especially with the severity of the charges. Could, could be wrong on that. However, my question to you, John, is how does an incident like that affect a, a team and how does it affect the Braves specifically for his role that he had on that team?
1: Yeah, these are difficult questions, and obviously MLB overall has has taken, I think, a very strong stance against domestic violence in recent years uh, when you consider the length of some of the suspensions that were handed out. uh, Most recently, uh, Sam Dyson this year for the entire season, and in this case, obviously, as it's been reported in Georgia, this was witnessed by police. So the assault itself being witnessed by police does I think make this a more a more serious situation, at least from the standpoint of what uh, could be done from a, a criminal justice standpoint. But also broadly speaking about the game, we have a very firm account publicly of what has happened, which I think makes the uh, makes the reaction from the Braves all, all the more crucial um, within their own clubhouse, uh, certainly within their community about how you have to take a stand against domestic violence. So I uh, I think that every team handles. A situation, adversity in, in a different way, but I do know the Braves are a club that's always valued their uh, involvement with the community and what they represent, and I think this is where the leaders in that clubhouse, those who really dictate who they are as an organization, they've got a very strong manager and Brian Smithker I think that in Freddie Freeman, obviously one of the veteran leaders of that team, you have to, I think, collectively say, listen, this was a situation. What one of our players did, these, these horrible actions uh, were outside of our control. What we can control is how we represent this organization and the sport going forward. And I think they've got the right amount of leaders to keep that focus on the field as best they can. But to your point, Dan, this was a team that was already underachieving, and I do think that, um, that they have to now redouble their efforts and who their identity is as a group and, and hope that, uh, obviously, that they can stack some better todays and tomorrows on top of each other just to, to be able to write a, a better story about at least how they're representing the team off the, off the field but also how they're playing on the field.
3: All right, one-word answer. Are the Giants for real? Yes. Yes, they are. There Look it at where is. they're
1: at right now in the NL West. And, of course, I I, I can't even give you just one, one word. I'm so excited about it. They're a really good team. They're second right now in the NL West, the way they played. So uh, a long answer to a one-word question, they're real. That's two that's two words. I can't that, even count today, guys. I, I'm so excited. <laughs>
3: <laughs> All good, John. We love having you. I love talking to you. And, uh, yeah, be safe on this Memorial Day, and we'll uh, we'll do it again soon. Thanks so much. Well,
1: love the conversation safe travels and hey enjoy the canadians and maple leafs in a game 7 in my other favorite sport tonight i cannot wait
3: <laughs> he's john morosi find him on twitter jon morosi if you didn't already know mlb network fox sports radio contributor and also NHL contributor as well. I love talking with with John Torres. It's so much fun.
7: The great thing is, you know, there's a lot of guys that have good information, but you just can't hear the passion in their voice. Uh, John Paul Morosi. every time he comes on, you can just hear how much this guy loves baseball. I love having JP on with us.
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific.
3: Julio Jones could be dealt this week. Could, uh saga could be going on, but we do know that the Falcons wide receiver is on the market. Falcons have spoken with teams. Now, the latest of what we've heard with Julio Jones, the Seahawks became a possible suitor, according to our report from Diana Rossini of ESPN yesterday. Pro Football Talk said the Rams likely dropping out of the pursuit of Julio Jones. When we had Austin Gale on earlier from Pro Football Focus, he uh, singled out the Titans and the Patriots uh, team that teams that had uh, some of the better odds when it comes to Julio Jones as, as being the teams that need him. Where would you like to see Julio Jones go if he's not in a Falcons uniform this fall?
7: Well, one, I'd like to see him in New England, maybe just to make Tom Brady's head explode after the uh, (laughs) receivers that he had (laughs) that last year in uh, New England. But, you know, I I would say I think Seattle makes sense to me Um, You know, the window is now. We know Russell Wilson was a little bit, you know, I need a little bit more help here, all that stuff. And, you know, I was telling you a little little bit about this before the show, Dan, but I think it's a great PR move for both sides. I mean, for really all sides. Julio Jones wants to be a winner. Russell Wilson wants more help. And I know that that was more about the offensive line than the skill players. But from the Seahawks' perspective, you can also go out there and sell, hey, Russ, we're doing our part. Uh, you know, uh, it, it just it makes sense for all sides. And I think at the very least, not only is it helping the team, but it is helping any PR uh, conversation that you're having with Russell Wilson where all of a sudden you already have DK Metcalf, you add Julio Jones. Russell Wilson, again, I know it was more about the offensive line than the skill mm-hmm. position, guys, but but it's kind of tough for him to say the organization isn't helping him at a moment like that
3: yeah i mean that that would be the, the ultimate and if the, if they were to make that move which i don't think that they should i don't think it's it's what they need but if they were to make that move you kind of go into buffalo bills mode like they did with josh allen and be like all right now it's not that that buffalo's defense was uh, atrocious it's just that they didn't really have a running game, and you just put it on the shoulders of Josh Allen to do it with his legs and his arms, and and now with those weapons. And I mean, to have to have Julio Jones, DK Metcalf, and Tyler Lockett, and you use a second-round pick on Dwayne Eskridge, uh, th- there would be plenty of weapons for the Seahawks to have. I just don't know if that's the the, the best move for that franchise. I don't know if it's what they need. I think on paper, people would say that it's a Super Bowl contender but i just don't know necessarily how it works out and and i don't know the price that seattle would have to give atlanta we know that we've heard that there's a first round pick offer on the table for the falcons some reports have refuted that the seahawks don't have a first round pick in 2022 it belongs to the jets and the small adam From the f- and uh that take was electric by the way the, 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 the that's that's why you heard the sizzle there <laughs> no the, the 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 point is I don't know for what Seattle would have to give up if it would be worth it. but you're right it would it would it would make Russell Wilson a very, very happy guy to have that target. also with that it would bring a lot of pressure uh, put a lot more pressure on him to perform and to come through something that he maybe necessarily hasn't done in the second half of the season. Then we'd find out if it really is a Russell Wilson deal or a Pete Carroll and Pete Carroll's offense that he wants to run sort of deal. The team that that I threw out, and I threw this out yesterday, I think the Colts should do it. If you're going in on Carson Wentz and being your guy, Julio Jones would immediately be the top wide receiver on that team. T.Y. Hilton is aging. I know Michael Pittman Jr. and uh, Paris Campbell are are popular targets there. But Julio would be like the 1A guy, and you have that offensive line, you have that running game, and now you give Carson Wentz a legit you know, a legit number one wide receiver if I'm the Colts and would be able to keep him away from the Tennessee Titans, who, again, are one of the teams that's who I think should go after Julio. Say the lucky horseshoe goes after <laughs> Julio Jones.
7: I like that a lot, and especially because Carson Wentz, there is a, an element of – he did not have a ton of help in Philly. Now, when you turn the ball over as much as he did, that's not an excuse. But there is also the reality that he doesn't have much help. And it's like you said, if you believe this is the guy now reunited with Frank Reich, if this is your guy, again, kind of that Russell Wilson parallel, go ahead, get him the help that is going to put him in a position to succeed and ultimately find out if he is really that guy or not.
3: And then you could be a marketing genius and make Julio t-shirts with the Colts horseshoe as the U there you Julio. go. It would just say Julio, but you would have the, the horseshoe as the U, and they would be a huge, huge seller in Indianapolis. I love
7: that, actually. <laughs> It's- I'd buy one. I'm not even a Colts fan. Actually, <laughs> my stepdad is a Colts fan. Maybe, that, maybe that'd be a Christmas gift.
3: Yeah, there you go. There you go. Here you go. Here you go, Pops. There you go. Uh, a <laughs> little Julio Jones t-shirt that we came up with as we filled in on the Doug Gottlieb show on Fox Sports Radio. He is Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. It is Fox Sports Radio. Get Aaron on Twitter at Aaron underscore Torres. You can find me on Twitter at Dan Bayer on Fox. Uh-oh. Some former Celtics are not too happy with Kyrie Irving. We'll talk about it next year on Fox. Fox Sports Radio has
6: the best sports talk lineup in the nation. Catch all of our shows at foxsportsradio.com and within the iHeartRadio app search FSR to listen live.
7: Hey, it's me, Rob Parker. Check out my weekly MLB podcast Inside the Parker for 22 minutes of piping hot baseball talk featuring the biggest names and newsmakers in the sport. Whether you believe in analytics or the eye test, we've got all the bases covered. New episodes drop every Thursday, so do yourself a favor and listen to Inside the Parker
1: with Rob Parker on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcast. This is it, we've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen.
6: This is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox
3: Sports Radio. He's Aaron Torres. I'm Dan Bayer. It is the Doug Gottlieb Show on Fox Sports Radio. Get Aaron on Twitter, at Aaron underscore Torres. I'm at Dan Bayer on Fox. Man, college hoops has, hasn't rested at all since Final Four. I mean, transfer portal, this and that. Are you finally getting a break? I mean, I mean a little bit, Aaron. and I mean, because it's been – I can't remember – College basketball news like taking taking up a a chunk of the calendar that it has post Final Four like we've had this offseason. Yes,
7: it's actually so really funny and I'll try not to bore people too much with college basketball right now, but but I
3: bore away, but, I say.
7: Well, you know. no, and the the amount of interest in this stuff, the amount of traction that my uh, you know, podcast got this month, my YouTube, my this, my that, it's unbelievable. And it just strikes me as how much Our coverage of sports has changed in the last 20, 25 years, where one, like you said, College basketball was done on April 3rd. College basketball conversation was done till mid-November. And I look at how we cover now the NFL Combine. Forget the NFL Draft, but the NFL Combine, how much we talk about it. NBA free agency, uh, maybe in some cases more than the games themselves. And in the college sports world, the college basketball world, this is now a thing that people are interested in. And and it's funny because I think I've kind of been ahead of the curve in knowing that interest because I still see some writers and reporters Kind of scoff at it, but it's amazing how much people care about
3: this. Thing. Yeah, I actually think it's—I in a way, I think it's good for the sport. I agree. Doug and I, Doug and I, have had conversations about it, and and uh, yeah, I think it's good. You know, I what's agree. good for the good for the show. A little bit of Ralph Irvin in the press.
6: The press.
3: Ralph's got the headlines. We respond. What's going on, Ralph?
4: Well, gentlemen, the big headline really uh, worldwide has to be Naomi Osaka withdrawing from the French Open, says she will take some time away from tennis after the controversy related to her media obligations.
3: I didn't understand her first um, her first post and not speaking with the media. I, I I know, and maybe in the media, maybe I'm coming from a biased angle on it. I just I, I, I couldn't necessarily relate. I hope that she, uh, now that she's stepping away and, and trying to take care of her mental health, and sorry to hear that she's, she's dealing with this and dealing with anxiety, I hope this uh, this is really a positive for her because it, cer- it certainly turned into a whole big fiasco that was getting ugly. I mean, the Grand Slam tournaments, you know, threatening to, to kick her out if she doesn't talk hopefully she gets the help that she deserves and maybe a decent resolution can come from all of this.
7: That, that was my quick thought as well, Dan. For people who didn't see, she released a, a second statement today, and I thought it was actually really well explained why her stance was the way that it was. I wish she had done that statement first because uh, I think the response would have been a little different, but I also don't blame the tennis tournaments either by saying we have these policies. If you believe that you have a medical issue that you
4: need help with, then you should be focusing on that instead of tennis. Absolutely. Uh, one thing that uh, the president of the French Tenors Federation did uh, make a statement, both in English and in French, um, saying that how sad and sorry they are for Naomi. But then he failed to take questions. He just walked away, which most people now are pointing out <laughs> Hypocrite. the, yeah. the
3: hypocrisy, hypocrisy
4: of that whole thing. Um an interesting story there. Uh, you have talked about a little bit with the Kyrie Irving situation. Kevin Garnett and Glenn Big Baby Davis not uh, enjoying the respect or lack thereof for the mascot at center court. Kevin Garnett tweeting, and I'll do my best to paraphrase here. Or This is actually an Instagram, both of these. So nobody going to say anything about Kyrie stomping lucky. We just going to act like we didn't see that TF going on. You can't do that 100. You can't. That's not cool on no level. All of us need to be better for real. For real. I'm just saying. Good morning to all, and all have a great day. Happy Memorial Day.
3: I I, I get it. I, I I'm not as up in arms as some people are over stepping on a piece of wood. Um, but I get why former Celtics would do it. But to equate throwing a water bottle at someone for stepping on a piece of paint um, that some people are doing, I just don't. I don't find that those are equivalent.
7: Yeah, I've pretty much I see the frustration from Celtics fans for some of Kyrie's previous actions. As you said, Dan, throwing objects at people is not appropriate.
3: And that's the press. Hey, get out there and press. That was the press. I did send a tweet out about this. I don't know how many people realize, but lucky the Celtics mascot's left leg is on backwards in that logo. (laughs) Check it out on Twitter. Unlucky medical.
7: Unlucky medical. (laughs)
6: Be sure to catch the live edition of the Doug Gottlieb Show weekdays at 3 p.m. Eastern, noon Pacific, on Fox Sports Radio and the iHeartRadio app.
8: I'm Katja Adler, host of The Global Story. Over the last 25 years, I've covered conflicts in the Middle East, political and economic crises in Europe, drug cartels in Mexico.